Welcome to another episode of Back on the Broomstick with your hosts, Layla and Shell. In this episode, we delve into the topic of reconnecting with our pagan practice and magical selves. We all know how life can get in the way, and sometimes that witchy way of life can fall by the wayside. In this episode, we'll be sharing tips and daily practices to help you reignite your connection to the craft and tap into your inner magic. Grab your cauldron, light some candles, and get ready for a spellbinding episode on reconnecting with that witchy way of life, and of course, getting back on the broomstick. So, you know, getting back into this, sometimes when you you get caught up in everyday life, you get caught up in work, you get caught up in parenting, sometimes you get caught up in a nap. <laughs> you know, I would hope to get caught up in a nap. I mean, finding time for relaxation is really hard. But, you know, then you start laying there after a while and you're like, oh, you know, I see the moon out the window as I lay on my pillow. You feel you all of a sudden realize you're disconnected and you're like, shit, I've been disconnected for a while. But it's almost like you get so caught up in the day to day. You didn't even realize you were disconnected until you were ready to reconnect. Does that make sense? That does make sense. You know, I think I felt that way too, as I was drifting a little bit away. I, I just kept getting busier and busier with family and and we kept moving and and jobs and things like that. And I, I didn't even realize that it had kind of slipped as far away as it had until I'm all the way across the country and I'm trying to find community and it's nowhere to be found and it, it's difficult. And and that's when I realized how far away I had gotten from my magical practice. And I really, really wanted to reconnect with it. When we first started learning about magic and getting into our magical practices, everything was hands-on. There was nothing pre-made for you. You know, we made our own cloaks. We made our own magical robes and dresses. We made our own candles and incense. And even as those things became more readily available, we still like to kind of get our hands dirty and make our own magical tools and items. You and I have always been crafty witches. We like to make things. And so for us, kind of making a spell jar or making a simmer pot or making some that's incense for the house. That's what circles you back in. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of, you know, I can do that intentionally. And I, I know have that- my moments of being a doer. And somehow it, it just all of a sudden made me be a doer. I started getting these jars. I love these little spell jars. And, you know, I've always kind of been an herb mixer, an herbal magician. <laughs> to go back to our first episode, you are an herbal witch in many ways. Right? But I like mixing things. And even though it wasn't necessarily all herbs, I just all of a sudden got into these spell jars. You know, you're, you're flipping through Facebook, you're flipping through TikTok and Instagram, and you're like, I can do that. And I can do that <laughs> way cooler. And I just started doing it and that kind of snowballed it. You know, like we talked about, I also somehow out of nowhere got smacked in the face with that damn freaking Rider Waite tarot deck. You and that Rider Waite tarot deck. That <laughs> and your simmer pots, I think. The simmer pots, those things, they really kind of started catching me in the wintertime. I can't really get into a simmer pot in the summer. Is that a me thing? Does that no, mean no, no, no. Me? I'm the same way. Fall right around Thanksgiving and, and through the rest of that until maybe just until the beginning of spring. And then it's no more. Nobody wants those I simmer pots I didn't do a simmer anymore. pot in June. No. I mean, well, what's a simmer pot? That's in our in our wheel of the year in our other podcast. You've talked about those. So with the simmer pots, what I had done, 
this was back kind of late fall, early winter. I had put in sliced up oranges. I had put in sliced up apples, which by the way, I made sure I cut them in the direction that the pentacle of seeds was there. Oh yeah. So into your (laughs) pot on the stove, you put, you get that all set with your liquid, like your cider or your apple juice. So, you know, I actually started with water. I do the sliced oranges, the sliced apples, and then I do cinnamon sticks. Now, how do you slice them so you see the pentacle? I I wish I had a visual here. So like if you're holding the apple and the core is on top, you're slicing sideways, not up and down. Slice horizontally. Yeah. So you slice through the side. You got all the good words, horizontally. (laughs) But yeah, when you cut it that way, there's a five-pointed star in the center of the apple. So whenever I do a summer pot, I make sure they're cut that way because, well... I want the pentacle there for the magic, man. And I just I just let it cook down and cook down and cook down. The first couple of times, what I did was I was like, okay, so I'm going to start my little magic potion. I kind of went back to being a kid. You know, when you're a kid, you make everything a magic potion. I did. I had so many backyard spells and brews. It wasn't even funny. You turn mud puddles into potion. So I went back to being like a five-year-old kid and I'm just tossing this shit in the pot. I'm kind of like doing that. I'm making my magic. I'm bringing my magic back. So then when I was done, I strained it out and drank it as in a trying to create my magic again and then drinking it down. It probably would have been a lot better if I used cider or wassail, but it really wasn't too shabby as a water base. That's a really cool way to actually internalize a spell and how fun and delicious. You know, incense and those simmer pots for me have been a good way to intentionally try to set my space. You know, when I know that I want to be intentional and in a magical presence, I'll light incense around my house. And setting a simmer pot is even better because just like you said, you can do things like make sure that the pentacle is showing and put in elements that are going to smell good, but also correspond to the quarters and correspond to the intention that you want to set. And then your home is permeated with this magic, with this scent. And then afterwards, if you're able to drink it, if you've put all you know, things that you're able to eat in it. It's another way to internalize that magic and to kind of bring that energy literally inside. And that's why I pointed out that the the first couple of batches I did that way, because I had done later batches, um, especially more towards Yule and stuff, where they weren't so drinkable. Like when we put up our, our tree, we put up our Christmas tree. Yes, I'm a witch who celebrates Christmas. We're out here, people. Oh, we'll talk about that sometime. Christmas is Yule. I mean, it's the Christians that are actually celebrating Yule, not the other way around. Right. So you know how you got to like trim and trim to make it all fit in the stand or trim from the top so it ain't dragging on your ceiling? I would do a similar orange apple. That was usually my base, no matter what I made. I don't know. For me personally, a simmer pot base is orange apple and cinnamon. And you can take it from there if you choose to. I was putting in the sprigs, like little sticks from my tree with the pine needles. That would add such a lovely pine scent. Yeah, don't drink that. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I was adding stuff on occasion that I wouldn't necessarily drink. We were out walking and you know how... I don't even know what they are. Those red berries that are poisonous that deer eat that you shouldn't eat. I picked a bunch of those off when we had gone out walking and put them in one time. Again, not drinking that one. So what your ingredients generally are is going to depend on how you want to, you know, sometimes I would just dump it out after. Yeah, yeah. Pour it in your garden or intentionally return it to the earth. You know, if you have a compost pile or something like that, that's a great way to to return that energy and to allow that to kind of 
be reclaimed by the earth. But then I got the wacky idea. So I'm looking at these spell jars on TikTok and Instagram and all that. And I'm like, hey, why don't I take a few nibbits of my simmer pot and make a little spell jar out of what I've simmered? So like I got a little pieces of the apples and I always would put the, you know, I didn't core them out because I wanted the little pentacle there. So there'd be seeds in there. So I'd grab a little apple seed. Some of the pieces of disintegrated orange, I'd break off some cinnamon and I'd put it in a little spell jar and then seal that with wax. Oh, I what a got- perfect way to keep that energy. You know, if you've done that spell simmer pot, what a fabulous way to kind of keep that energy around. It all started with feeling guilty about dumping it. And I know the whole return it to the earth, blah, blah, blah. But I still felt guilty about dumping it. So, oh, I, hey, you know, we're frugal witches, too. We can't waste everything. I mean, I did dispose of most of it. But I that first spell jar I, I got back into was with a little jar from a simmer pot that I kept. Very cool. I love that. And, you know, I've started making some spell jars using these small glass jars I get from the weed store. <laughs> Very good recycling. Reduce, reuse, recycle, right? Right, right. But they're a little big for your traditional, very small spell jars, but I like them a lot for very pretty decorative jars. You know, a little bit of colored sand or salt on the bottom, you know, layer them with some natural items with your spell written on a parchment, maybe a crystal, and they make a very nice, large, they're not that large, but visual reminder. Very pretty. You know what else is a good addition to a spell jar? I've been getting into, you know how you can get those like little tiny, 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 tiny miniature Rider weight tarot decks? I you, love those. They're so adorable. Those are, are so cute. Not functional for a tarot reading. Not really. <laughs> you can actually use cards from those in spell jars. Now that's a fabulous use for those. What a great use for those. Yeah, and obviously you're not putting the whole deck in a spell jar. Yeah, but one card would really amp up the magic in a spell jar. Wow, that's great. You can put anything in there. It doesn't have to be liquid. It doesn't have to be sand or salt. You know, you can put in little branches and stones. I have spell jars. I have a spell jar right here that's nothing but moon water and stones, like little... You know how you can get those like chips, chip stones? Mm-hmm. It's it's moon water and chip stones. There's my spell jar. Nothing fancy. And it tinkles. I like how it tinkles. Makes a very nice noise. Your simmer pots and intuitive magic on the fly are examples of how differently from ourselves when we you know first started as witches, as well as again being opposites to each other. And another example of that is that you and I are again taking slightly different paths this time around. You're kind of getting back into, you know, you likened it to being very open, very fairy-like, very fae. You're just kind of feeling the magic and going with it. And whereas I'm feeling like I need a little more, I need it a little more regimented. I need to write things down. I need to Where do the quarter calls. Where did this happen? Because I don't know. This, this is like an exact flip-flop from us, from like... How funny is that? Because I was always the footloose and head in the clouds and follow my intuition, which, and you were the write it all down. Here's the rules. Here's the quarter call. Here are the correspondences. And, and now we've literally have swapped places. And I, I think I need that to balance my, my Aquarian head in the clouds, you know, 
too brainy for my own good. I need a little bit of that regimentation in my life. That's what's helping me feel connected. Whereas you kind of need to let loose. And that's funny because I had thought the same thing. I'm like, that's exactly what my crazy Gemini ass needs. I used to do it in such a bookwork kind of way. Trust me, I've got the books of shadows stacked up to prove <laughs> But I did it in a very methodical journaling bookwork kind of way. And I was, you know, you were always the footloose fancy free as I'm the one following behind you, jotting it down in the book of shadows. You know, I need that balance of who cares if I write that shit down? I don't need to write it down. Whatever, man. Right. And and I always felt like I was in the flow. It was so primal and I'm in the magic and doing it and just kind of experiencing and feeling. And I think I now need to balance that part. You know, just having that part isn't enough anymore. And so for you, having the regimented magical part isn't enough right. anymore. And so it, it's not just a finding, reconnecting with the path. It's also finding that balance within ourselves. So it's, it's yeah, it's not just reconnecting. It's balancing. It's rebalancing ourselves. And it's reinventing the way we do magic personally. Yes. Because, because I'm sure that you're finding this out and, and, and it's kind of weird. Some of this stuff is when you're looking at it from that perspective, I know that you are looking at things very different and methodical because I've been there and I've thought of it that way. It's different. It's very different than what you know. And kind of doing it this way for me, the whole footloose and fancy free, not a care in the world way is just very, it's different, but it's good. Yes. It feels very powerful. It's almost like you're trying to gain control and I'm trying to let go of control. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think finding that space, finding that center within us is beautiful. It's very magical. And it's, it's starting over again. It's starting at the beginning and looking at this path that I thought I was familiar with, with completely different eyes. Totally different perspective. Yeah. And it's so freaking beautiful to have that path I'm familiar with, that chaos, the magic, the, you know, the dance under the moonlight with the fire at your feet and, you know, the fairies in the woods and to just kind of go with it and to now see it through a little bit more of ceremonial magic and through journaling and through really being methodical with it. It's just opening up so many new pathways and it's, it's fucking beautiful. We're on the right track, man. We're back on the broomstick. We're back on the broomstick and back to the basics in so many ways. Reconnecting by relearning, nothing fancy, simple circles and spells, simple invocations, familiar tarot decks. We must be in an alternate timeline because you're using the Rider Waite tarot deck. You know, the tide has shifted. Somehow, someway, the stars have reformed if I'm using that damn deck and enjoying it. That's the key. I know. You're loving it. I'm glad you're sitting down because if I would have said that when you were standing up, you probably would have fallen over. You know, actually, at this point, I'm used to you bringing up the Rider Waite tarot deck because you have just been absolutely loving this deck. And I'm loving that you kind of went back to the beginning, which is matching. It's another cycle that kind of matches I'm what we're doing you, right now. This is our year. It is. So many little synchronicities, you know, so many little things. And and I love when that happens, speaking of synchronicities, to go on a little tangent. I guess that's one of the things that people notice in manifestation and in magic. When you start to align your energy with something that you want or with something you're working towards, if you're on the right path, you'll start to see those signs everywhere. You know, I don't want to simplify it, but like equate it to weight loss. You know, you're sitting there with your Ben and Jerry's and you're all kind of sad. And then you're like, one day you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. 
and whatever you do, walk, sit ups, join a gym, whatever, you're kind of down in the dumps. But the minute you see results, you freaking are like, oh man, I'm on this train. Same with magic. You know, you're kind of like, uh, how do I do this? You know, am I doing this right? You know, but this book says if I skip this step, yeah, but the minute you start seeing results, none of that matters and you just take off with it. That's a really, really good point that you mentioned is that sometimes when you want to do something, you know, when you make that wish, I want to have a better job, nothing happens. But when that moment is right and you feel it and you feel that shift in energy, you feel your whole body align with, I want this job, I want a better job, then things start to fall in your lap. Your friend says, oh, by the way, my company's hiring and you'd be perfect for that job. You put your application in and you meet the hiring manager and it happens to be someone you were friends with when you were you know, in high school and, and things just kind of start to fall into place when it's right and when you align yourself properly with that energy. But I think where sometimes people go wrong is they think that magic is just wishes. Well, I wished for it and it didn't happen. So magic is a bunch of bullshit. Magic, just like everything else, there, there, it's a little more than wishes. There's manifestation. And depending on what you're going for is going to depend on that manifestation. And for what you were saying with the job, the manifestation piece on your part is you got to fix that cover letter, fix that resume, and you got to turn that shit in. Because if you don't, you got to be in it to win it. First of all, it's like the lottery. You got to be in it to win it. So you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Right. And, and you know, the stars might align but the stars can align a thousand times. And if you don't submit your resume, it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's right. If you're not standing in that spot with your CV in hand, right. you're not getting that job, whether the stars are aligned or not. <laughs> so magic isn't just wishes. There is that manifestation piece. And that goes with any religion, you know, same with Catholicism. You know, it, it, it's more than just praying. It's so true. You got to do a little bit more than just praying. And, and it's the same concept. So true. Manifestation is more than just simply wishing or asking for something. Manifestation is an act of bringing your desires into reality through the power of aligning everything about you with the universe, everything that you're asking for. It means aligning your thoughts, feelings, your actions, your magical self, all of it with the energy of what you want to achieve. And once you're in complete alignment with that, that's when you tap into the universal forces that can kind of bring that to life. But just simply wishing or asking the universe for it is definitely not enough. So for example, I'm working on manifesting a year of magical reconnection and new magical connections. And as part of that practice, I'm writing every day in a book of shadows, just a simple meditative daily practice. And that helps to kind of bring me more in alignment with my goals, with my desires. So for me, journaling every day in a book of shadows has been a tool to help me manifest those goals. Book of shadows, I think, are very important, especially, you know, when you are learning and finding your way and trying to find out what traditions work for you, what types of rituals work for you. Write it all down because maybe it was great this time or maybe it sucked so you can go back to it and know what parts didn't work. Besides being nostalgic, it's almost like you're creating your own textbook. Not too long ago, I was like, oh, you know, let me do a spell for this. And then I'm like, shit, I forgot because it's been a while. I just go right back and I did it exactly the way we did it 20 years ago, word for word. It's right I there. love that. It's right there. That is exactly what I have decided to do as my, as my daily thing to kind of reconnect 
with my pagan craft, with my, you know, reconnect to deity, reconnect to witchcraft. I have started in a brand new book of shadows because I love me a new book of shadows. Brand new journal, nothing more magical to me. I have a hard time writing in it for the first time. But (laughs) I honestly, I have like a stack of journals because I buy them because I love them. And then I can't write in them because as soon as you write in them, like it's a commitment. You're a weirdo. (laughs) I know. This is I have 165 decks of tarot. hundred and sixty three stop okay <laughs> so I have a small stack of journals I haven't written in I have a brand new grimoire for this year and I'm just writing a little bit every day I just you know nothing big I found that if I try to write my whole day out I won't do it but if I tell myself I just write a little affirmation every day if I just journal every day I'm finding that I'm actually doing quite a bit more than that I'm putting in little spells that I might think of or or the astrological correspondences for the day. You know and- what a weird thing is that I do too? What's that? And I don't know if you've ever done this. Actually, we've never talked about this. Since I've been trying to circle back to tarot, every couple of days, I'll pull a couple cards mm-hmm. and I will write out the whole, maybe not do the whole interpretation write out, but like this was the spread and these were the cards and where they were. And then I put the date on it. I love that. And actually I've done that for a long time. And what sparked the idea was going back into my old books of shadows where I realized I had been doing that and looking back in hindsight, 2020, I was looking back at like a card spread I did in like 2012 and now knowing years later what I was going through at that point, I'm like, oh yeah, that shit made sense. I just wasn't listening when the cards were telling me. So retrospectively, it was very interesting to have it written down. But if you do do it consistently, when you're working on change and when you're working on on different things, you can use those to go back and kind of reflect your path. I love putting in regular self-tarot readings or regular, you know, if I do a meditation where I'm trying to do a divination or I'm trying to to set intentions. I love writing those down. And I every year I do a, a tarot reading for the year in January for myself. And I write that down in my journal. And so having that in my magical journal for this year as I'm trying to really reconnect with that daily practice, do that's that. a wonderful yeah. thing to do. Yeah. And, and it can really help. You can do that for anything, for herbs, crystals, your tarot cards, your runes, you know, whatever you have that you want to kind of reinforce pull something for yourself for the day and then write about that card or write about that crystal. Well, that's what I was going to say with crystals, you know, maybe you could pick a crystal, you know, either every day or every week or every month or whatever your motivational level is and just spend that amount of time working with it, learning it, writing stuff down about it, color correspondences, quarter correspondences, planet correspondences, holiday correspondences, spell correspondences, you know, like, like figure that shit out for each thing, whether it's tarot or stones, you know, whatever the case may be. And you don't have to write it out by hand. If typing is your thing, type it, print it out, or just keep it online. Make your book of shadows online. Do whatever works for you that you're going to be able to touch and do daily, or at least put in your magical workings. You know, when you do that full moon ritual, when you do that spell, write it down, make sure that you keep track of what you're doing because the act of writing it in your book of shadows will not only help you stay connected to the magic, 
like Shell said, it's a wonderful thing to look back on. 20 years from now, you are going to be amazed at the different things that you wrote down and forgot about. And don't think there's a right or wrong way, because as much as Layla and I talk about, you know, we physically write our stuff out and always have, that's that's our mojo. You know, that don't have to be your flavor, because as much as we have our own personal books handwritten, we also, our old Coven Book of Shadows was all typed up. Absolutely. Printed everything out. We put it Remember those clear plastic covers? I do. I love that. Our Coven Book of Shadows was essentially a three-ring binder, which, by the way, I still have. Again, something else that I lost in the flood that I am so fucking grateful that you have. Shell is your freaking pack rat for all things. I love you so much. Have I said that lately, Shell? I love you. I love you. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on Back on the Broomstick. This is going to be a weekly podcast every Friday from here on out where we're going to talk about all things witchy and pagan and get into spells and our favorite crystals and herbs and a little bit of tarot even if you're good, kids. Oh, yeah. We're going to touch on divination and tarot. Shell and I are both tarot readers from way back. More than happy to get our hands dirty in that We'll have interviews with some pagan authors, with some different people that are up and coming in the witchy world. And we're going to tell you a little bit about our path and where we started and all the witchy magic we went through to get where we are. So stay tuned for stories and tidbits about our life. Kind of laugh along with us as we learn and grow and kind of get back into the witchy thing. And uh, watch us get back on the broomstick. 